the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. This uh, very first day of February, Kath has taken a little extended weekend, so I'll be with you here solo throughout this day. But uh, if you look outside, have you been outside much at all? I mean, really, it's beautiful out there. And if you don't have to travel like I'm not doing, uh, it's a a pretty nice day. Uh, Roads seem to be in pretty good shape as long as you're not driving around uh, the city of Pittsburgh. But that's just kind of how the city generally is. Uh, Side streets, of course, are a bit of a slushy mess. So if uh, if you're out there and having to run to the store for some milk and bread and whatnot, just be a little careful today. Hey, as we always do, we get under the, uh, they get the show underway. Let's, uh, let's take a quick look right now at the top four at four. Well, the deadliest month yet of the coronavirus outbreak in the United States drew to a close in January with certain signs of progress. COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are plummeting while vaccinations are picking up speed. Here in Allegheny County, cases are down more than 40 percent over the month of December. Now, the question is whether the nation can stay ahead of the fast spreading mutations of the virus. The U.S. death toll has climbed past 440,000 with 95,000 lives lost in January alone. Deaths are running at about 3,150 per day on average, down slightly by about 200 from their peak in mid-January. So that is very good news, uh, what's happening with uh, coronavirus. Now, um, the nation's unemployment rate, story number two, will not return to its pre-pandemic levels through the rest of this decade meaning that millions of workers could be out of work even after the vaccine is widely distributed, according to a projection released Monday by the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. The nonpartisan Budget Office also projected a faster-than-expected rebound in economic growth as the nation's economy recovers more quickly than analysts had initially thought, which is very good news. The U.S. economy is expected to grow by 4.6% this year, before returning to more typical growth levels of slightly above 2% by 2023. Now, um, news happening in Washington, D.C. for story number three. White House officials have offered a pointed, if polite, warning to 10 Senate Republicans who are planning to pitch a scaled-back coronavirus relief package to President Biden at the White House this evening. Uh, the Biden administration is saying, think bigger. Jen Paskey, the White House press secretary, played down expectations of the meeting, a critical first test of Mr. Biden's dueling commitments to apparently bipartisanship and the speeding pandemic aid, saying that no deal will be done without further negotiations. Now, story number four, 
the aforementioned snow uh, snow story. We have anywhere from 7 to 12 inches here in western Pennsylvania. Some snow expected expected to continue until Tuesday morning. But uh, even as you look out the window today, at least uh, where I am here in the eastern suburbs, the snow has all but ended. And that is uh, the top four at four. See, um, I've got an elderly aunt. Uh, she is in her late 80s and uh, really uh, still not yet able to uh, get the coronavirus vaccine. And, and it makes you wonder, you know, uh, what's happening here in the state of Pennsylvania? Uh, I know that some states have had a much greater efficiency, West Virginia, North Dakota, than the state of Pennsylvania. Now, uh, North Dakota has administered the highest percentage of COVID-19 vaccines that it's received, according to the CDC's COVID-19 Vaccine Distribution and Administration Data Tracker. Pennsylvania, uh, if you go down the list, they are number 44 in their listings. Doses that have been distributed here in the state of Pennsylvania, almost 2 million doses that have been administered, a little over a million which gives us somewhere around 52% administered. Uh, It doesn't seem like uh, the state is being very efficient. I know that uh, people calling, looking for that COVID shot, it's just a a bad omen that really does not bode well for the efficiency of the distribution. Um, Weird times, are they not? Very weird times here. In between the unemployment situation for a lot of people and uh, very slow rollouts for stimulus two or three, if you're keeping track at home, and of course, a very slow uh, COVID vaccine rollout. These are really uh, dreary times for the uh, first day of February. So uh, as we always do on a Monday, we'll take a quick break here and uh, let's go to Washington, D.C., to get the information directly from the White House. Greg Clugston joins us every Monday at this time. This week is no different. We'll take a quick break, get an update from the nation's capital with Greg Clugston from SRN News. We're back in a few minutes. Stay with us. The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. To all of us who place their trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, sin in our life means we're acting out of character. Because character for us is living obedient and holy before God. Sin is serious business. God hates sin because he knows what it does to the sinner. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 830 on 101.5 WORD. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. 
By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call 1-800-391-0954. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade, and so God leading me down on this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care, Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. do at this time first guest out of the shoot on a monday afternoon is greg clugston greg joins us srn news white house correspondent greg happy monday to you how are things hey john good afternoon doing great thanks very good uh how is the snow in the uh washington maryland area for you yeah we got about three inches maybe four in some spots uh closer downtown in dc it's, it was more like uh, one to two so we didn't get anything like what New York City and uh, other parts north are getting. Good. Okay. I expected uh, you, you get hit a little further, a little harder, I guess, but uh, it's a blessing in disguise, is it not? Yeah, we, it was our first real uh, significant snow in a, at least a couple of years. Uh, it always looks great when it first comes down and until you have to get out and shovel it, but, you know, that's a part of it. <laughs> it is. Uh, let's turn to Washington, D.C. Uh, Greg, uh, President Biden, especially on Inauguration Day, had promised a, a, a bipartisan look. I don't know if, if it's just me or if, if it's you or other people who are conservative, but it doesn't feel as though uh, there is a lot of uh, bipartisan support, a, a lot of executive orders taking place right now, sort of uh, bypassing uh, Washington gridlock. Let's talk about uh, President Biden meeting this evening with GOP senators on COVID relief, uh, the Republicans will have their say whether it's listened to or not. Right. And this is um, all stemming from this group of 10 Republicans getting together over the last number of days to craft an alternative to the $1.9 trillion plan that the White House is pushing and that Democrats in Congress are rallying around. And a lot, of Demo- a lot of Republicans, John, have said that they think the price tag is too high at nearly $2 trillion, especially coming right after um, you know, several hundred billion that got approved back um, just um, a month or two ago in December. And so they've come up with – these 10 Republicans have come up with a plan uh, that costs about $618 billion, still a lot of money, 
but also much, much smaller than the 1.9 trillion that the president is uh, is backing, and so this is uh, that's you know that, there's a huge difference between the price tags on these bills, and so you're right, it brings up this interesting uh, question and and idea of you know what's going to be happening in this meeting uh, coming up here at five o'clock at the White House. Uh, now the White House press secretary this afternoon did give us a hint that it's not going to be a, you know a back and forth bargaining uh, negotiating session. She said that you know the president is not going to accept or or offer his own counterproposal or something to that effect, but that he wants to be engaged in the process. He wants to hear from members of the other political party, and that he's going to be respectful in, in, in hearing them out. Now, what does that mean after the meeting takes place? We're going to have to wait and see, of course, but um, a lot of Democrats on the Hill are already moving uh, with you know momentum to try to and pass this this larger bill without Republican support if it's all if it's at all possible. I see. So a lot of it uh, is hinging on stimulus money for for uh, people like you know uh, you and I and just you know regular Joes. Uh, it, it feels as though uh, there's a, a a cutoff point. People who are making you know fifty. $50,000 or less or $100,000 or less or $150,000 or less, all these different numbers being thrown around. Any insight on that? Yeah, the, the stimulus or the uh, direct payments that would go to individuals under this Republican proposal are, in fact, smaller than what the, uh, the president has been, has been pushing. The White House has said that another $1,400 um, individual payment should go out to individuals which would, of course, on top of the 600 that came out just a few weeks ago, would, would bump it up to 2000 per person that fit into those um, income categories. And then there, you know, there's that sliding scale that you talked about for, for couples and then up to you know, certain, certain um, you know, wage amounts. So obviously it's a, it's, a slimmer, um, it's a slimmer number to start with. It would be $1,000 under the GOP plan instead of 1400 and um, it would start getting smaller in size at a lower threshold, say at you know forty or fifty thousand dollars, instead of waiting till you get up to seventy-five or eighty before that amount starts to decrease. So that's just a part of the plan. Um, and then, for example, on jobless benefits and things, uh, the, some of the extended federal help that would help uh, those who are out of work. Um, it's a three-month extension as opposed to a longer time period for the White House plan. So those are some of the differences um, because, you know, it's obviously about a third of the size of what the president is asking for. And there is this idea that, Repu that Republicans won't uh, be on board at all with, um, with, the, with the large plan. So we'll have to see if there's going to be, if not any negotiating today, John, maybe down the road here in a few days or a couple of weeks. I see. So, Greg, because you are at the White House and have been privy to uh, such meetings before, I wonder just about the mechanics of something like this. As 10 Republicans come into the White House, uh, do they bring staff members with them? Is the meeting taking place in the Oval Office or a larger uh, venue? What does that look like? Yeah, usually there are a handful of um, – <laughs> It, it kind of depends on the size of the group. Um, with this larger group coming, with 10, there may not be a lot of uh, advisors coming, or if they do, they may not be in the room itself. We'll have to wait and see on that. But there is a little bit of choreography that has to go when you, when you bring a group in like this. Now, yes. according to the White House, 
Uh, the plan is that the president is, and the vice president will be on hand to meet with the Republican senators in the Oval Office. Now, the Oval Office is a good-sized room, but it's not a huge room. And so uh, they're going to have to be they're going to have to be creative in spacing out uh, seating assignments uh, right. there if there are at least 12 people in there, um, you know, plus, you know, plus maybe the chief of staff and a couple of White House advisors and a Secret Service member or two. So it can fill up pretty quickly. So we'll have to see. Uh, re- reporters are going to be able to go in for a photo op right at the beginning of the meeting. So we'll at least get some video and sound to uh, see and hear what it looks like in there okay. once they get there. And then we did get word from Republican lawmakers that they plan to come out uh, to the microphones out on the driveway on the north side of the White House uh, West Lobby, West Wing Lobby, and, um, and give some remarks to the press once they're done with the meeting. I see. We're speaking with Greg Cluxton, SRN News White House correspondent. So, Greg, uh, President Biden's liberal agenda has really taken off in these uh, first week and a half uh, of the presidency. I'm surprised by the, the quickness, the speed of it all, uh, whether it's uh, the repeal of transgendered in the military or the uh, killing of the Keystone XL pipeline or uh, any number of things uh, involving fracking. Uh, can you talk about that? I mean, does this surprise you, the speed of this? Yeah, I, I think maybe the speed is a little bit surprising. We um, Maybe you've seen reports that uh, Biden has, has moved more quickly on executive orders in the opening yeah. days of his administration than just about any other president in modern history. Um, you know, it, it, what happens with that pace going forward, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but, for example, um, I think it was in 2018, uh, President Trump had signed – something like 37 executive orders in all of 2018, his, uh, his second year in office. And, and Biden was at that number, roughly, uh, his first week in office. So it's very interesting that he, he has moved that quickly. And, uh, and I don't know if that was the original plan for the Biden team. Um, you know, every incoming administration plots out uh, their calendar and they have their um, you know their planners get together and, and their communication strategists to uh, to map out what days and weeks and months will look like going forward, and they really compressed the schedule. Uh, there's no question about that. Now, what's not surprising really um, is is the fact that, as you mentioned, on whether it's transgender, whether it's the Keystone XL, uh, whether it's uh, the abortion language in that so-called Mexico City policy that. Um, got reversed by by Biden last week. All of these measures shouldn't be a surprise in terms of of what the president campaigned on and the support that he got from a lot of groups that are, are, you know, are praising these moves by the president. What's also really interesting, John, is that that Joe Biden is only the second Catholic to be an American president, and he is at odds, obviously, with the Catholic Church, especially the U.S. Catholic bishops. Um, even even the, the message from the Pope at the inauguration at the time of the inauguration, um, you know, made a made a reference to you know to the sanctity of life and the life issue, and so you know this president, even though over the last two weeks he has visited, uh, gone to church in Georgetown um, on each of the last two weekends, he's at odds uh, with the fundamental belief and concept uh, in in the Catholic doctrine. Yes, it's really interesting, especially 
how national press uh, tends to look at Joe Biden and his uh, Catholic faith as opposed to Amy Comey Barrett. Now, as Amy Comey Barrett was uh, ascending to the Supreme Court, she was looked at uh, as an oddball, someone who was almost in a cult. And the president here all of a sudden is painted someone who's uh, painted as somewhat very devout in his faith, even though Amy Comey Barrett and the president are members of the Catholic faith. There's two sides of the coin here and very different styles of reporting. Different styles of reporting and and often different beliefs even under the same umbrella of Catholicism in terms of a more liberal um, belief system versus a, a conservative belief system. And you're absolutely right. That, that has played out uh, in the coverage of, of these two individuals in the public square. And there's been um, any number of quotes and stories uh, reported on that over the last few weeks. So it's it's quite notable. Greg Clugson is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Well, uh, President Trump, uh, now living in Florida, still a major force in the Republican Party. Surprising, interesting to hear that last week, Kevin McCarthy, who is uh, the minority leader uh, in the Senate, uh, made a visit to the president, which only goes to show the power that uh, the former president still has. Yes? Right. And McCarthy, too, he's uh, he's been a little bit all over the map in terms of of assessing blame or analyzing the situation that led up to the Capitol riot on January 6th. Um, Shortly after the event, he did say that the president, President Trump at the time, uh, bore some responsibility for what happened uh, during that that uprising, Uh, and then had later changed his tune saying that uh, he should not be held responsible for what happened. It was uh, other people taking action into their own hands. And then, as you say, McCarthy last week makes the trek down to Mar-a-Lago, where uh, the president is living full time now, and uh, they had a they had a meeting and maybe hashed things out a little bit and mended some fences. Uh, we don't know all the extent to it, except that McCarthy came out of that meeting saying that Donald Trump had had promised to work with Republicans in Congress um, to win back the House in 2022. And um, there are any number of uh, other indications that Trump is holding a lot of power still up on Capitol Hill, John. We're just a week away uh, tomorrow from the start of the Senate impeachment trial. And uh, by all indications, most Republicans um, are not giving any sense that they would vote to convict the president for his involvement. Of course, he was impeached in the House and only 10 Republicans uh, voted in favor of impeachment. So a lot of the, you know, the majority of re- elected Republicans in Congress uh, still seem to be, you know, supporting or at least, you know, not going against Donald Trump, even though he's out of office. Right. Okay. So there it is. The, the, uh, the large uh, X on the calendar for next Wednesday, I believe, the 9th, when impeachment proceedings get underway uh, in earnest. So uh, essentially, I mean, you can see the writing on the wall here that there will not be enough votes to impeach the president. However, you know, the Democrats will insist that they'll go forward with impeachment proceedings. Uh, Can you talk about that, Uh, what we can expect, um, how things will play out, and of course, SRN coverage of the event as well? Sure. And before I get even into how it's going to go forward, and we're still waiting on some details of, of what the uh, the calendar might look like, it's interesting that President Trump over the weekend was shuffling members of his defense team, uh, some of the initial attorneys who had signed on to uh, defend him in the impeachment trial, announced that they were no longer associated with Donald Trump. And so he had he and his team had to announce um, some new hires 
And so uh, they just announced a couple of new uh, new members of that team just in the last 24 or 36 hours. So there was a little bit of um, of uh, personnel changes going on, uh, very close, obviously, just a little more than a week before the trial begins in the Senate. There's a lot and of questions. So, Greg, I'm about- sorry. I'm sorry. So th- this is so the president let go of f- five of the top lawyers, and there was um, a-, a lot of consternation about the direction that the president wants to plead his case or not. Right. From our understanding of that is that um, the president was uh, wanting uh, to go in a direction of argument uh, that the uh, that the lawyers weren't weren't comfortable with. And what's interesting is that probably, you know, the thinking from a lot of these lawyers based on, on, on what indications they're getting from Republicans in the Senate when they voted last week um, to say that they did not believe that you know, most Republicans said they did not believe that this process was constitutional. Um, most lawyers would then just go to uh, to their client and say, OK, um, it, you know, we don't have to worry too much about the outcome, it would appear. So let's just have this very narrow approach of, of moving forward. But Trump also wanted to get um, back into the issue of whether or not he was wronged in the election results and kind of expanding his argument. And uh, so there was a disagreement there with uh, with members of the legal team. And apparently he has now got some people on board um, that are more along those lines. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly the strategy that Trump ends up using, and also the strategy that Democrats decide to use in terms of how long it would be. You remember the impeachment trial last year. Last year went about three weeks, um, and a lot of people don't think it's going to go anywhere near that length this time around. Right. Well, of course, the president will not be in the room. These proceedings will take place without him, which, uh, again, I mean, that's uh, that's typical, I, I would imagine. But uh, very interesting that the president is not the president. However, uh, the Democrats insist we're going to move forward on this. Right. And that was part of the that's part of the argument that a lot of Republicans are saying he's no longer in office and that uh, this is a waste of time and uh, it's not it's not an appropriate matter or venue um, to to move forward this way. It's also interesting that Chief Justice John Roberts is not going to be presiding uh, over this as you know, the Constitution would dictate that um, the chief justice be involved there. But uh, since the president is no longer the president, um, it's now going to be presided over by the senior ranking member of the Democratic Party, and that's Patrick Leahy of Vermont. I see. So uh, SRN News, of course, uh, a place in the nation's capital with their news coverage. Uh, any idea? Uh, will you be connected or be able to see the proceedings yourself and report on those? Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll be um, actually in the room in the Senate chamber for part of that. It's always interesting when you get a chance to, uh, you know, these historic moments uh, in politics to get a chance to uh, to be in the room or face-to-face or at least there for uh, part of that. Uh, SRN has two Capitol Hill colleagues in addition to me being at the White House. Uh, they'll handle the bulk of the hour-to-hour and the day-to-day coverage of these events. And uh, we'll also make audio feeds available for all of our radio station affiliates across the country. So we'll be definitely be uh, tracking it from Capitol Hill to the White House and beyond. Very good. Greg, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for checking in, bringing us up to date about the goings-on in and around the nation's capital. My pleasure, John. Have a great week. And you as well. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about Greg and SRN News at wordfm.com. Take a break. Come back. We're just getting underway. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, the Monday edition. Talking to few. 
Did you know that some vaccines prevent cancer? I'm Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, and I want to talk to you about a vaccine that protects against the most common cause of liver cancer, the hepatitis B vaccine. Hepatitis B virus can stay silent in the body for decades before symptoms develop. Many adults need vaccination, including those up to age 59 with diabetes. To learn more, visit adultvaccination.org. That's adultvaccination.org. 2021 is already off to a disturbing start for conservatives. We've seen Twitter unilaterally shut down President Trump's account. The conservative platform Parler was booted off the Apple Store by Apple, and Big Tech is muzzling free speech at a speed that nobody could have predicted. Nobody except biologist and evolutionary theorist Brett Weinstein, who appeared in the film No Safe Spaces to issue this warning about political correctness running amok. YouTube and Google, Facebook and Twitter dictate whose voices can be heard. And if those entities start trying to engineer the conversation to adhere to the rules laid out with these phony Trojan horse terms, disaster will be the result. You and your family need to see No Safe Spaces now before any more of our freedoms are muzzled. Just go to SalemNow.com to get your copy of No Safe Spaces. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. SalemNow.com. Promo code Pittsburgh. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? Now, whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at Radio.com. Winter weather advisory in effect till Tuesday morning. For tonight, periods of snow along with a cold wind. Slow and slippery travel will continue. Storm total snowfall 6 to 12 inches. We'll see a low tonight of 23. Tomorrow, cloudy, breezy and cold with a few flurries and a high of 28. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, brisk and cold, low 22. Mostly cloudy Wednesday with a high of 30. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Day. Again, that must mean that we're up here at Gobbler's Knob waiting for the forecast from the world's most famous groundhog weatherman, Punxsutawney Phil, who's just about to tell us how much more winter we can expect. Yes, well, this Groundhog Day will not be at all like all the others. 
Like clockwork, of course, Groundhog Day, uh, the event draws the curious and worldwide attention. Will a portly groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, see his shadow foretelling six more weeks of winter or an early spring? I mean, the feeling that this will never change was accelerated, of course, by that movie, the uh, Bill Murray 1993 movie, uh, Groundhog Day, as Bill Murray plays the weatherman who is uh, living in the same day over and over and over again. It's a great film. It's one of those ones you, you, whenever you see it on television, at least whenever I see it on television, I'm happy to sit down and catch you, you know, a few scenes of it. Punxsutawney, that uh, bucolic borough in uh, not too far from us here in Western Pennsylvania, It's about, um, I don't know, an hour and a half, two-hour drive or so. Now, the event will proceed tomorrow. Tomorrow is Groundhog's Day, Groundhog Day in Punxsutawney. But the event, (laughs) like all things, will be held virtually. That's right, a virtual Groundhog Day. The organizers of the event, the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club, said in a recorded message that, quote, no in-person attendance or guests will be allowed on the grounds. As for the massive snowstorm that is uh, currently burying parts of the Northeast, organizers are now forging ahead. Gobbler's Knob, the Groundhog's home turf, will be closed today at 5 p.m., but will reopen on Tuesday at 9 a.m. The live stream of Phil will start tomorrow at 6.30. Now, the dispatch, the news about Groundhog Day, was a hybrid of uh, modern life and antiquity. The uh, announcement that I just talked about was posted on Instagram, but the words were printed on a sign held up by a man. Mike, uh, any interest? Have you been to Groundhog's Day? I've never been to Groundhog's Day, but I've always wanted to check it out and experience it. Yeah, well, I mean, decades ago, before, you know, before the movie, I mean, it was really just a small time event. It's just, uh, you know, a couple hundred people at most. Right. And then, of course, after the film, it became something like, you know, a huge drinking, you know, extravaganza, all sorts of right. debauchery, anything you could imagine. Now, you know, maybe, you know, three decades ago, I thought that had been kind of fun. Yeah. I have no interest, you know. No. I, yeah. You know. Going there to see a, uh, a groundhog. A rodent. Or a little, ro- little furry brown <laughs> rodent. You know, I'm yeah, sure some know. think it's cute, but I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, but not my cup of tea. No. Plus, no. I don't. I really would rather not stand out in the freezing cold. Don't they do right. it at like like 10 o'clock in the morning or something like no, that? No, no, they something? do it early. Like really, you know, really as the sun rises, they you know, oh, super super early. Yeah, it's way yeah. too early because people show up. You know, they they stand up all night long. It's like party central. So you know, people get there at you know seven o'clock tonight and hang out in their cars or wander around the town. Those poor people. It's a beautiful town. If you've never been to Punxsutawney, really, it is a beautiful town. And truly, they exist just on the tourist dollar. Which is, I mean, you know, there are many tourist traps in this world. Not to call Punxsutawney solely a tourist trap right. because it was a beautiful town before it was. But yeah. I mean, it is okay. So uh, tomorrow we'll find out if. Punxsutawney Phil will see his shadow and six more weeks of winter. I mean, I'm saying yes. We're, we're going to have at least six more weeks, yeah. weeks of winter. It's just like I feel like we're just getting into this, aren't we? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not a betting man, but I would have to agree with you. I feel, I have, I'm feeling yeah. uh, six more weeks of winter. Oh, easily, easily, easily six more weeks. Yeah, fortunately. I mean, you know, Phil might want to give us a, you know a COVID break, but I don't think so. So, Hopefully. anyway, tomorrow you want to set your. Uh, Set your alarm if you're waking up early to find out if there's uh, six more weeks of winter. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, We are going to talk with Carl Truman from Grove City College. 
He's going to talk about critical race theory. That's ahead. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. John and Kathy here on Word FM. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day! WORD. Joe Rigney remembers feeling spiritually defeated as a young man every time he looked at porn. Basically, my my spiritual walk, the measuring stick, became whether or not I had looked at pornography recently. You know, because that's the way it pulls you in, is that there's an allurement, and then the moment you're over the cliff, it's accusation. How do we win the battle with pornography? We'll talk about that next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance. Or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marsha, at the Spring House. Don't you just love an old-fashioned love song like that? We sure do love old-fashioned at the Spring House, too. Old-fashioned values, well-loved antiques, and old-time family recipes. So that's exactly what we'll be cooking for you and your sweetheart on the upcoming Valentine's Day Sweetheart Dinner. Grilled marinated flank steak, celebration chicken romano, pearls cheesy potatoes, buttered steamed green beans, reunion salad, your choice of a from scratch dessert, Bev's brown rolls, and pink lemonade. How's that sound for old-fashioned goodness? We'll light the candles and serve you on China as you enjoy live music by beloved local musician Bob Podish. Call 724-228-3339 to reserve your seat or go to springhousemarket.com for details. What you can't see can hurt you, like in The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Mister, there is a wolf out there. I don't see any wolf. What you can't see can hurt you with identity theft, too. If you're just monitoring your credit, you could miss certain threats, like your info for sale on the dark web. LifeLock helps detect and works to fix identity theft. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps spot threats you may not. Uh oh. Save 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. Grove City College, where he is professor of biblical and religious studies. Carl Truman joins us. Carl's a regular guest on our show. And uh, Carl, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing well. And yourself? Very good, thanks. Uh, how's the snow for you in Grove City? Are you pummeled or you're you fine? Uh, it's not too bad. A couple of inches, but nothing we couldn't handle. No big so deal. it's going well. Yeah, yeah it's good. Uh, Carl, uh, I'm happy that you're joining us today because uh, cr- when you say the words critical race theory, I mean, a lot of people go, what, what, what does that even mean? 
Now, uh, from my own observation, I'll say this, that from my readings of something called critical race theory, I, I often think it should be called critical race theology, because to me, it's, it's theology. It, it, it's a, a set of ultimate beliefs and presuppositions about the world and how it works. So if you don't mind, go into your definition of what critical race theory is. Yeah, well, it has uh, something of a genealogy, and there have been various ways of thinking about it over the last couple of decades. But where it manifests itself most obviously today would be in the thinking of somebody like Ibram Kendi. Uh, and a good example of the way he thinks is when uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, uh, was uh, being uh, interviewed by Congress relative to her appointment to the Supreme Court. It emerged that she'd adopted a couple of children of color. Most of us, of course, would respond to that by saying, well, that shows she's not a racist. That's, that's great. That shows this is a woman who's not prejudiced racially and, and just wants to help kids uh, who, who haven't got parents. Ibram Kendi's response was something to the effect of, uh, well, that just shows how white people are constantly trying to colonialize uh, black people. Well, when you think about that response, it really indicates that any evidence one might want to, to put forward that one isn't a racist, if it can be twisted to actually prove the opposite, that you are a racist, then it's really not an argument at all. It's basically, as you, as you indicate, a kind of theological faith assumption that can be, then be used to dismiss any evidence that doesn't quite fit with your pet theory. Right. Okay, so... I agree with what you're saying here, 100%. And, and it's, it, it borders on, at least from my perspective, it's ludicrous in some ways. It's dangerous. It's disingenuous. It's an, an, oftentimes an out-and-out lie. And the fact of the matter is, though, that most people, I mean, you know, I'm not saying, I shouldn't say most people. I would say, you know, intellectual elites or intelligentsia, especially in mainstream media, when that comes up, when critical race theory comes up, people will beat their breasts and say, mea culpa, mea culpa. Yeah, and I mean, there are, there are numerous reasons for that. I think, one, this is a theory that really does play on white guilt. And if we're honest, you know, the history of race in the United States of America is, is one that doesn't, on the whole, reflect well on the, the dominant white majority. And there's, there's, for thinking and thoughtful people, there's going to be a certain amount of guilt involved with that. This theory plays shamelessly, I think, upon that. Then when you come to uh, the intellectual elites, you're dealing with, uh, particularly in universities and colleges, a culture that has come to think uh, really over the last 20, 30 years to think in a way that sees everything in terms of a zero-sum power game. If somebody hasn't got power, it's because somebody else does have it. So any kind of uh, subordinate position in society is automatically interpreted as a result of a cynical power play by another group, the powerful within society. So critical race theory really strikes a chord with a dominant way of thinking about the way human beings organize themselves. Anyway, I think a remarkably reductionist way of thinking about the way human beings organize themselves, but a very powerful and dominant one nonetheless. All right. Now, Carl, obviously, uh, from your accent, you are not uh, a Native American. You are not born in this country. You and your wife came here uh, uh, years ago. Um, Talk about that 
And, you know, as you write in your piece in First Things, Evangelicals and Race Theory, you tell a really interesting story about how you saw the church and, you know, you didn't necessarily fit into the church considering where you came from. Yeah, well, the background to that anecdote is really the claim by certain uh, uh, evangelical black Christians that the church is sort of systemically racist. And in the article, I was trying to find out what exactly do they mean by that? And, and if they mean that the church is dominantly white and attending church as a black person, you, you feel a little bit out of joint. Then sure. I can sort of sympathize with that as a, as a British guy going to a church in America. It looks different. It sounds different. There are things that that took me a long time to get used to, the kind of hymns that were sung, the speed at which the hymns were sung, the style of the sermons. If all that's being meant by the church has a a white-black problem is black people feel kind of awkward in a white congregation, then I can sympathize with that. I suspect what's being meant, however, is something more subtle and perhaps more radical than that, that the very doctrines we believe are somehow oppressive. And there you move from the realm of, of, we might say, worship style and practice into something that's really touching on the substance of the faith, as, as I understand it. So then delve into that a little deeper. The substance of the faith, white evangelical, black evangelical, what, is that, what exactly are you pulling out there? Well, I'm, I'm concerned about the statement made by uh, a leading black uh, Christian, Jamar Tisby, in the New York Times, reviewing a book where he said, you know, white Christians may have to accept the fact that everything they have ever been taught was designed to support a kind of a white supremacist racist system. Everything we've ever been taught. Now, that's interesting. The Incarnation, the Trinity justification by grace through faith, the Lord's Supper. Is it everything we've been taught? Or, you know, I'm open to the fact that somebody might use the doctrine of the incarnation to do racist things. They did that in Nazi Germany, some church leaders. But is the doctrine of the incarnation itself inherently racist and designed to support a racist system? I'm interested, really, in in being reassured that when Tisby says that, he's not saying that the doctrine is wrong. What he's saying is that some some Christians may have used this doctrine in a wrong way, because if he's saying the doctrine's wrong, then we end up uh, with having to draw the conclusion that, that he and I really do not share a common faith at that point. Only one of us, if you like, a maximum of one of us, of the two of us, can be a true Christian at that point. Grove City College, we're talking with Dr. Carl Truman, Evangelicals and Race Theory, we're talking about, which appears in this month's edition of First Things. So, Carl, I mean, in many ways, the conversation we're having here, I'm sure I can hear people on the other side of the radio. Some people are outraged uh, that we're even bringing this up because we dare sort of, you know, poke our finger at what mainstream America now is upholding as right and just. And, you know, it, it is fair to say that there is racism in this, racism in this country. It, it's undeniable that there is. But at the same time, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Um, you can't acknowledge it, but it, you need also to look at there has to be um, an even conversation on both sides to drill down to find some common truth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the purpose of my article is not to say there's no such thing as racism in America or even in the American church. What I'm really trying to say is I don't think critical race theory is actually the best way of getting at this problem. 
It involves speculation about people's motives. It actually involves speculation about why people do things that they may not even be conscious of themselves. And that's problematic. And I also think that telling everybody who doesn't look quite like you look that they're a racist is simply not a great way of promoting a constructive conversation on this front. So if you like, my fear is the opposite. It's not that I fear that, that, that the race debate is going to swamp everything. My fear is that the critical race theory, uh, the way critical race theory sets the debate up, will ultimately trivialize the race question in such a way that it can't be addressed properly. So coming from an English, a British perspective, and looking at the world in, in a different way that we do necessarily here in the United States, is there a way to frame the race issue that somehow inherently we have completely missed in the United States? I think the race issue, I mean, human beings are sinful. Wherever you go, we will find ways of sinfully dividing ourselves up. Uh, so there's racism in Britain. It looks a little different to here. and We don't have quite the same uh, slavery narrative that lies behind it. I think from a Christian perspective, we have to recover the idea that all human beings are made in the image of God. The problem with critical race theory is it will say to me, yeah, but your idea of the image of God is that of a white man. Well, I want to say, no, that's not the case. Let us look at the biblical teaching and let us see that every human being, as Martin Luther King Jr. himself repeatedly argued, every human being is worthy of respect and worthy of dignity because they're made in the image of God. So I think from the Christian perspective, we have to go back to the very doctrines that we're actually being told are racist. But I don't think are. That idea of universal human dignity built in all human beings being made in the image of God is critical to this discussion. So if we are to have this conversation at all in America, I believe that the church has to have this conversation. We have been bad about having the conversation in America. Of course, you know, the axiom is, right, still the most segregated hour of the week happens in churches. And, you know, we are complicit in our lack of engagement in that conversation, Carl. Absolutely. And I think what we need is, you know, to put it bluntly, white people need to listen. And black people need to offer forgiveness where forgiveness needs to be offered. That is the only way, ultimately, we can achieve reconciliation. When each side acknowledges its sins against the other and asks for forgiveness, and forgiveness is not withheld. Amen to that. Carl, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, bringing up a, a very delicate, uh, dangerous topic for a lot of people. Uh, you've done a, you do a very good job uh, putting this out in First Things. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Our pleasure. Dr. Carl Truman, Grove City College. From I Said, First Things out this month, Evangelicals and Race Theory. Hey, Wedding Stories are a contest that's been going on now for several weeks. We're going to talk about our uh, next story. That's in a few minutes. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-351-4596. 
If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-351-4596. 800-351-4596. 800-351-4596. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. We love hearing yours. Our contest continues to go on. Wedding stories at wordfm.com. People have submitted some really fun, really odd, sometimes heartbreaking and hilarious stories. Wordfm.com if you want to share your story. If your story is read on air, you want a $50 gift certificate to Roland Seafood and you're entered into the grand prize, which is a beautiful uh, set of jewelry from Trinity Jewelers. Also, Shelly Murray Photo Rescue and Organization has a nice prize package a week away, a weekend away at the Buell Mansion. And uh, many thanks also to Joe Ford, your financial advisor with Edward Jones, who is also a sponsor. Today's submission is from Deanna Bowser. Deanna writes this. She said, I've been with Roger for nine years, and this was in November of 2010. And so Roger said to me, hey, Deanna, what do you want for Christmas? And I told him that I wanted to be married by Christmas. He said, I knew that you were going to say that. So he asked me what I wanted to do. So I told Roger that I wanted to wear my Heinz Ward jersey, go to the Beaver County Courthouse. And he laughed and liked the idea. So they called the immediate family, and then on December 23rd of 2010, the family headed to the courthouse. Everybody in the family, including Deanna's mom, wore Steeler memorabilia. 
for the first time ever, Deanna's mom. Now, except her her son, she he wore a Cleveland Browns jersey and the dog pound hat. Deanna's sister wore a secretly married, uh, she called local media. They had a human interest story for them. Well, they were surprised because they were getting interviewed right before the wedding. They made the TV news commercials all day long and during the Steeler game as well. Deanna's nephew called and uh, the mom from California to say that uh, saw them in California for their wedding story. So much for the simple, quiet wedding. But there you are. Steeler attire, excepting for the Cleveland Brown attire. Married at the Connie Courthouse. And you're on the local news and the Steeler game. That's a great wedding story. WordFM.com to share your wedding story. Thanks to Rollins in the Strip. Won't you submit yours and we'll have more wedding stories as this week goes on. WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn and at Radio.com With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden's call for bipartisan support of a COVID-19 rescue package gets a test today. He's scheduled to meet with 10 Senate Republicans in the next hour. Those GOP lawmakers have countered with a smaller, more targeted aid bill. The latest winter storm to wallop the Northeast is shutting down vaccination sites. The Nor'easter developing off the mid-Atlantic coast will be a slow mover as it brings heavy snow and strong winds through Tuesday. Snow has already made its way through Pennsylvania, into New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey. U.S. construction spending rose only 1% in December as strength in home building offset continued weakness in non-residential construction, according to the Commerce Department. Stocks finishing higher today. The Dow gained 229 points. The Nasdaq was up 332. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to mypillow.com, 
click on the radio listener square, use promo code word, or you can call 1-800-391-0954. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com, but by calling right now at 1-800-391-0954, promo code word, you'll get yours soon. The day you've been dreaming of all your life should be one you never forget. Bistro to Go Catering creates unique and dazzling wedding celebrations customized to your individual taste. Journey with Bistro Chef through exquisite sample menus incorporating only the freshest and most delicious ingredients. Your Bistro Wedding Consultant will seamlessly coordinate your vision with your budget to create your signature day. An enchanting celebration you and your guests will remember forever. Your journey begins at bistroandcompany.com. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers celebrate wedding stories now through February 12th. We want to hear yours. Click the Wedding Stories banner at wordfm.com to share a funny, moving, or inspirational story of your own for a chance at great prizes. You could win dinner on us or one of our grand prizes, including a diamond necklace valued over $1,000, a $350 overnight stay at Buell Mansion, or a $250 photo storage media conversion package. Sponsored in part by Joe Ford, your financial advisor with Edward Jones, and by Salem Media Group. Enter at wordfm.com slash contest. Winter weather advisory in effect till Tuesday morning. For tonight, periods of snow along with a cold wind. Slow and slippery travel will continue. Storm total snowfall 6 to 12 inches. We'll see a low tonight of 23. Tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, and cold with a few flurries and a high of 28. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, brisk, and cold. Low 22, mostly cloudy Wednesday with a high of 30. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Thanks for coming along. Happy Monday to you, this first day of February. January January went by in a flash, did it not? Uh, A little snow out there. Tomorrow's Groundhog Day. I mean, I'll see all these signs point to springtime. You know, it feels good, right? I mean, even with the snow, I kind of like the snow. It just... It's comforting in some ways, and I think in these times, you'll take any comfort that you can find. So it is good to be with you here today as uh, we go through this afternoon. Hey, really uh, saw the news today about Tony Bennett. Now, um, I think for a lot of younger people, especially, they go, the, only way, the only way they would know the name Tony Bennett is, I think, because of uh, Lady Gaga. Right. Tony Bennett, uh, a few years back, did um, some duets with Lady Gaga and uh in our family, you know, my parents were part of that greatest generation. So, you know, as a kid on the home uh, hi-fi, the stereo, we played Frank Sinatra and a lot of Tony Bennett. And, you know, if I close my eyes, I can clearly picture the different Tony Bennett albums we had, you know. And uh, uh, anyway, it was uh, revealed today that um, Tony Bennett is suffering from uh, advanced Alzheimer's. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, Tony Bennett. 94 years of age and uh sorry to hear that i mean if you've known somebody who's been affected by alzheimer's it's such a heartbreak because they're here and for a lot of people you know in good health but they're not here and you sit down and you try to visit and 
they're not there and uh, all the different maladies that, that come along with it. Um, some people have uh, anger issues. Some people revert back into very childlike states. And so it is uh, sorry to see Tony Bennett uh, coming out today. I think it was a statement on an Instagram account and uh, he had recently done something at uh, AARP, but the announcement was made today that uh, he says life is a gift, even with Alzheimer's. Uh, thank you to Susan, who is his wife, and my family for their support, and AARP, the magazine, for telling my story, Tony Bennett wrote. So sorry to hear that about Tony Bennett. You know, I, I've talked about this over the years. I, I spent uh, the early part of my career working a, as an actor. And so, um, you know, in, in actor circles, I mean, as you might imagine, you know, um, not to say that it's the rule, but it's more often than not the truth that a, a lot of actors, of course, are of a liberal mindset. That's just how it is. Now, I, I do know, you know, some conservative actors as well. Um, but I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine over the weekend. And, you know, <laughs> he's an actor. And he was like, those dang da 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 and, and, you know, and railing against conservatism. And then I was talking to a, a cousin of mine who is a few years older than me and a died in the wool conservative. And he said the exact same thing, those dang. And he was pointing the finger at, you know, at the liberal mindset. And I love both these guys. I mean, these people have been in my lives for decade and decade and decades. I love them both. And, you know, when you hear stuff like that, at least for me, I, I mourn in many ways for the loss of, of what I perceive at least to be of the middle. What's, what's happened to the middle in this country? Is there not play? Is there no space anymore for the middle? I believe that there is. I believe that we are still a very strong country and for us to really thrive and survive our, our present malady, despite what you may think or the you are politically. And I really don't want to get into that. I really don't. I'm just like you probably, I'm just exhausted by it all. But I do wish we had a strong center like we used to. We need that. If we don't have that, we're going to go off a cliff one way or another. And I don't want to see that. And I think if you love this country, which I assuming you do, right? You do. We all do. Despite the, our present situation and foibles and how people are so dug in and so angry at each other. We need to have conversations. You know, we were talking with Carl Truman there just a little bit ago about race relations in this country and how does that work? And, you know, to bring it up in a, uh, how do you even have, how do you start that? If we can't do that in the church and we have been poor, we, we've been poor talking about race in the church. And of course, politics. I I don't want to go Sunday morning worship and hear politics in the pulpit. I just don't. And I know some churches do do that and thrive on that and consider it part of their necessary theology of what it is to be a believer in the 21st century. But man, is it hard, isn't it? It really is hard. My my heart breaks for this country. We're going to talk in a little bit uh, with a friend of ours, Marilyn McIntyre. She's going to talk to us about transition. You know what? I, I don't do this often, but I, I want to do this. Let's let's take a moment and pray. Okay, let's just pray for a minute. 
because we are Pittsburgh's Christian talk, are we not? And we are here for a, a moment that we, we, don't, we do know that Christ is our Lord and Savior. And it's so necessary. So let me just say a prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time together here in this radio for these 50,000 watts that you allow people to come together all across Western Pennsylvania and Ohio and West Virginia. We are, we are the family of God. And so help us, Lord, help us in our struggles to be the family of God, to be opened and kind and authentic, to also be truth tellers and to not to live in fear and to rely on your holy word that we know is the truth that is in us to not to have to apologize for that or to live in some sort of consternation, that we know that your holy word is enough. You've given us that gift, and so we are grateful for that. But help us, Lord, in our resentment, in our anger, in our self-righteousness, in our desire to be right. Help us, Lord. Help us to see others as your creation, that you have put us all on this earth at this moment in time as your creation, sons and daughters of who you are. Help us in this moment come together as a country. You've given us this land, this America. So help us in our struggles, Lord. Help us to be right and true and kind, but keep truth always at the tip of our tongue. And your heartbeat surrounded in our heartbeat, Lord. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit covering us all. This country, this gift to us, Lord, that you have given us. Help us to look beyond the borders of this country, Lord, to see all of us, your creation, people all over the world, wherever they may be, in South America, in Mexico, in Poland, in the Ukraine, in Russia, in China, the billions and billions of people who inhabit this world right now, your creation. Help us all, Lord, to surrender ourselves to you, to be on our knees at the cross, and to know you as the Lord of the universe, the creator of us all. From the time that you first put this universe into motion, help us, Lord, to surrender to that knowledge and be with us in truth and in peace with eternal justice until we see your face in heaven one day. And we say all these things in the holy and matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. That's our Monday edition of this first five o'clock hour. So we thank you for being with us here. We'll take a quick break, come back. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We are Word FM, live on the air. Be back in a few. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. 2021 is already off to a disturbing start for conservatives. We've seen Twitter unilaterally shut down President Trump's account. The conservative platform Parler was booted off the 
Apple Store by Apple, and big tech is muzzling free speech at a speed that nobody could have predicted. Nobody except biologist and evolutionary theorist Brett Weinstein, who appeared in the film No Safe Spaces, to issue this warning about political correctness running amok. YouTube and Google, Facebook and Twitter dictate whose voices can be heard. And if those entities start trying to engineer the conversation to adhere to the rules laid out with these phony Trojan horse terms, disaster will be the result. You and your family need to see No Safe Spaces now before any more of our freedoms are muzzled. Just go to SalemNow.com to get your copy of No Safe Spaces. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Call one 1-800- 800 Eight farmers to switch, and you could save an average of $470 on your auto insurance. That's a lot of money in just a few minutes. With savings like that, you could be lounging on an impractical amount of ornate and overpriced throw pillows you bought for your couch. But you won't, because you're better with money than that. That's why you're calling us in the first place. Call 1-888-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Based on average nationwide annual savings survey data, July to December 2020. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Products not available in every state. Saturday night, my wife and I were watching a, a new film on Netflix called The Dig with uh, Ralph Fiennes. And uh, if you get an opportunity, if you have Netflix, it is well worth a, a watch. Really a fascinating, really beautiful movie. The uh, photography, the screenplay, extremely interesting. But I bring it up because we're watching this movie and um, there's a scene where, you know, uh, two characters are together and then there's a pause. And my wife, she was like, oh, it, you know, she, she like, is that it? And I said, no, no, there's a transition happening here. We, you know, we, you know, like, you, know you talk with, <laughs> with your husband and wife during a movie. No, there's a transition here. And then we, we both saw it coming and we leaned forward for a second and then you relax a little bit. And so I, I often think about, you know, transitions, especially in a dramatic sense, whether it's, you know, in a play or movie or music or in, you know, the written word in, in poetry. And what transitions do to us? They allow us to, to pause, to take a quick second and, you know, gather what had just happened and to lean forward and to anticipate what is about to, to start a new chapter. Well, Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Marilyn's a regular guest on our show. She's an award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, and a brand new work she has. We'll talk about that as the uh, uh, conversation goes on. But Marilyn's with us to talk about practicing trust 
in times of transition. Marilyn, welcome back to the show. How are you on this Monday? Thank you. Just fine out here in California. Very I good in guess California. It's colder back there. <laughs> yes, it is. We're suffering through a very cold, very uh, deep winter right now. So good for you in California. <laughs> so, Marilyn, t- talk about this um, this transition, practicing trust in times of transition. So you heard me talk yeah. about uh, the Ralph Fiennes movie, the, the, the Dig, where a transition was happening. We trusted mm-hmm. the the story. We trusted the uh, screenwriter and the director to take us from you know point A to point B. We were along this journey, and trust mm-hmm. is a matter that's a necessary component of transition, isn't it? It really is. Transition of any kind is that moment of pause you were describing where there's just even a split second of uncertainty. It could go either way. When you get to the end of a line of poetry or the end of a scene in a book or, a, you know, the end of the page or certainly the end of a, an administration and the inauguration is happening or the end of a, um, a decade and your birthday is happening. It just seems like there are all these moments in life where you say, huh, let me just kind of notice what's happening, um, make a decision here about which direction to turn. Make us have a summary statement of taking account of myself. So they're wonderful moments, really, for um, just learning, praying, opening the heart, um, releasing things. So I've done a number of retreats with various groups called Practicing Trust in Times of Transition. And the first thing we start with is images, you know, crossing boundaries or breaking through barriers or going Mm across bridges or fording a river or breaching defenses, you know, and, and so many biblical transitions, the flight into Egypt or the Israelites wandering through the desert. And I think all of those transitional times, if you group them, teach different things about what it means to cross over or dive under or um, allow yourself to be carried. That's a good. Okay. So we have just gone through a transition, of course, uh, as you mentioned, presidential transition, a tumultuous time of transition. But right. I, I believe, you know, um, the center held, for lack of a better phrase, because we as Americans, uh, certainly if you're uh, of a certain age, we've been there. We've done that. So we had the trust that we would come through this transition, however rocky as it was. Yeah. It's been a real testing time for all of us, hasn't it? And I, and in a certain sense, we're not through it. There are a lot of things that Congress has to work out. And so transitions aren't, that's another thing about I, what we think of as transitions. They don't have really clear markers at the beginning and end. You, Many of them are gradual, like the transition from one season to another. But it's something you notice happening. And once you notice it happening, then you... Um, begin to notice things about yourself and what you need to do and your priorities may change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's happening to us collectively. Remember, what what do we need to attend to now? You know, we're not in the middle of a crisis. So now let's back up and think, let's redo the list. To that next step where the transition is necessary. Right. So uh, uh, Marilyn, I remember, um, 
years ago. Now, I'm um, child number six out of seven kids in my family. So I I believe that um, the road to transition was paved for me, and I benefited from that deeply because I was able to view the transition of my brothers and sisters from a comfortable perspective. I saw them work through it. It affected me in some way, but not as much as it affected them, of course. And because I saw Mm -hmm. so many multiple transitions as a child, when it was my turn to transition, there was an ease about it, I think, that was a gift to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure that we do all that well in mainstream American culture at helping younger people go through transitions. I think about all of the traditional cultures where, uh, say, in Mexican families have the quinceanera for the uh, girl turning 15, but just the now you're a woman, now you're a man, the bar mitzvah mm. confirmation in some traditions. Um, but I do think it's helpful to mark these times for each other. And I think the big birthdays on decades are like that or the ways we gather to greet the baby or to do the baptism, certainly. But the enfoldment into community is such an important part of it. You're here, things are changing, and you're safe. And so it's a way we participate in helping each other to remember that there's a bigger story, we belong to it. And insofar as it's humanly possible, we can gather and make each other safe as we change. Mm -hmm. And so one there's of the things the, I've, yeah. yeah, you go. You, I don't want to cut you off. Well, I was going to say one of the things that's been fun in these retreats where we talk about transition is to invite people to make lists. You know, I love lists and I've written yes. a book about them. And so, so I just thought I'd tell you some of the lists that um, have been particularly fun to play with. One is whatever transition you find that you're in, and all of us are in one kind or another. Yes. Um, Make a list of what's possible now, what might not have been possible before, but what's possible now? What are some of those things? And then a list of things to let go of. Just It's always a useful list to make periodically. Or um, small ceremonies that help me. What helps me as I let go of the last thing and move toward the new thing? Or, you know, I love this one, things I don't need to do anymore. <laughs> you know, just kind of there are things I don't get to do anymore as I move into older age and so on, but there are also things I don't have to do anymore. It's good to, to kind of write those out or things. My changing body is teaching me, you know, these are fun exercises to just take stock. I mean, I love this because you're allowing yourself um, certain markers for the journey And by writing those markers down, you sort of relieve any fear or anxiety. And it also gives you sort of a springboard to look forward to the next transition. Yeah, you can be kind of playful about it. And I think it's good to look at stories of transition. Of course, all stories by nature, like all films, have these moments of transition when someone has to accommodate to something they didn't expect. And so I think we just need to mind the stories that we know, especially the biblical stories. And I think about these sudden transitions, especially in the Gospel of Mark, where the, you know Jesus says, come, follow me, and he's a complete stranger, and they drop their nets and they follow him. So there are a lot of really abrupt transitions that say something about the suddenness of the moment of grace. 
And then there are other, you know, 40-year wanderings that are a long period of transition for whole people. But it seems to me that to go back to those stories is to say there's a map for the human journey that we're on. And other people can teach us how to do these things through story. There's always a helper. There's always some kind of grace along the way. There are always forfeitures or sacrifices. Um, But how to go through transition is not something we don't have a lot of very instructive stories about. I love this. So just the idea of the awareness of transitions is a helper along the way, right? I mean, I think transitions yeah. go by and we are either too busy to, to sort of call them into being that just happened. That's important. I need, I need to know this, or we just choose to ignore it. Right. Well, I remember um, when my brother, I'm over 60 and my brother is a year older than I. And when he turned 60, he didn't want to hear about it. He didn't want to have a birthday party, you know? Really? This kind of said it's not important, but when I woke up the morning I turned 60, which is not at an age that a lot of people accept easily, I somehow had this rush of exhilaration, and the thought I had was, I get to step into elder space. Mm. You know, I get to live long enough to be an elder, whatever that means. I get to explore what that means. Mm. But sort of having a name for that stage of life, Instead of, you know, I don't like the word elderly, but I'm good with the word elder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a dignified word, you know, and it's it, a big it, space to step into. Yes, it, it's certainly, it's a positive. It denotes some sort of growth and status within the community in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a kind of uh, an authority that you can graciously assume and say, I've been around the block. I have something to offer. Um, I don't have to please people in the way I might have had to when I was young and hungry and going up the ladder. Mm-hmm. And so there's something that we can model for each other as we go through our life transitions to say, hey, you know what? It's not so bad over here. Right. Um, okay, so so then I go back and talk to. about your brother then, because if your brother refused to acknowledge the transition from one piece of his life to another – when that would come up. And of course, you know, being 60, I'm over 60 as well. When that comes up in your life, you know, you bring certain feelings with it, right? Um, um, so the way that you've painted it, there are, there are positive feelings there. And it does, you don't have to apologize for it or, you know, muddle along and go, oh, the end is nigh and, you know, I'm old and decrepit. There's, there's a lot of good things that are there. And by claiming it, it makes the transition all the richer. I, I think so, too. And the end to the story about my brother is that he came back sometime later and said, you know, I wish I had I had had a birthday party. And I wish I would have marked the occasion hmm. because he realized in retrospect, there is something important about this, about marking the times in our lives for ourselves hmm. and each other uh, and to, gathering around them and saying, huh, yeah, this is happening. Let us not kid ourselves that it's happening. And, you know, I've done a lot of hospice work as a volunteer and um, really helping people acknowledge the big transition that is dying, that the whole family is going to go through a loss that will reshape the time that remains to them as a family. That's a, 
there's a learning in that that really takes time and not everybody goes at it at the same pace. So transitions are certainly a time to exercise compassion and imagination on each other's behalf. And certainly always around a family death, there seems to be pretty often somebody who's, who just doesn't want to talk about it and somebody wants to talk about it all the time Hmm. and somebody who's made their peace with it. And somebody who wants to, you know, keep mother alive to the very last moment she can be made to breathe. And so it's, there's tension and that needs to be acknowledged too. And so especially in this weird COVID time we're living in, right, where transitions, especially around dying, have been altered really significantly or muted or just, you know, you're not part of that anymore. That's Marilyn, we've got just a minute or so left. So that exercise that you do in in your seminars, just talk mm-hmm. about that for just so if people are listening and think, I, I want to do that. It's a necessary thing for me to do that. Please just give those parameters again. Yeah. So it's just making lists. And I love making lists because they put something out in front of you. And what happens when you start to make a list is that more starts to come. So if you make a list of, for instance, um, things I have, uh, let's see, what I'm still looking for. You know, so I've got this new stage of life I'm moving into. What am I still looking for? Where are my learning edges? If you start making a list, you start noticing that there are more of those. That's what's wonderful. Or um, what I'm making room for as I leave this house, as I downsize, as I move to a new town, I'm losing some things. But then to make a list of what am I, what space is opening up here? What am I making room for in my life? Because I don't get to, but also I don't have to do the things I did before. And so just to make up titles like what to let go of or unknowns I'm accepting or Where support is coming from, that's a good one. Mm. Or recent surprises, where have the surprises happened? That really helps to prepare you for the next surprise. I think little lists are magical. (laughs) I love it. I love it very much, the categories of the lists. Uh, Marilyn, before you leave us, talk about your new work. You've got a brand new book out. Yeah, I have a book um, of 40, it's a little book of 40 readings or 40 reflections on phrases for the period of Lent. Um, some some denominations mark Lent more clearly than others, but that long period coming up to Easter where you reflect on Jesus going off into the wilderness for 40 days. And so each day I just took a phrase, not always from the Bible, some are biblical, some are from poetry, um, and just sat with the phrase, as in my book, What's in a Phrase? And sort of practiced lectio, or just letting come what came as I thought about the phrase. And it was a wonderful reflective period for me to write it. And I'm hoping that it's not only reflection that might be helpful to people, but again, an invitation to people to go and do likewise. It's a wonderful thing to just sit for 15, 20 minutes with a single phrase and say, huh, what, what associations does that bring? How might the spirit come in through that door? That's really good. Marilyn McIntyre. Thanks an awful lot, Marilyn. It's always a great pleasure here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Marilyn McIntyre, look for her online. Marilyn McIntyre, M-C-E-N-T-Y-R-E dot com. She's kind of a big deal. 
Some people like to say it's only because of how she looks. She sticks her tongue out a lot. But there's just something about her that makes people do crazy things, like get tattoos of her face or wait in line for hours just to say hi. Lil Bub is a two-year-old cat, an Instagram celebrity with a following bigger than some 90s television stars. And it all started because she was adopted. You can't buy a best friend like Lil Bub, but you can adopt one. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. We are, of course, living through times of deep division and turmoil, which makes you think about your college student or soon-to-be college student. What do they anticipate walking into on campus? At Grove City College, the historical tradition is forming young minds as agents of peace in a Christ-like tradition. It's central to the core of who Grove City is as they take your sons and daughters and mold them into young, believing Christians. What does that look like? How does that work in a young person's life? Look, it's not an easy task. Uh, look at all the pressures that there are in the culture around us. Look at the difficulties we have in our own lives and all the distractions of technology and concern for the future. And so when you think about people who are at the formative age, you know, between 18 and 22, making decisions, not just about what to study and to pursue career-wise, but who they are, you want to look for a place that's going to form character, that's going to not just be concerned about the ABCs, though those are very important, um, but how it is that a person grows and develops and matures as an individual that's able to take on and live through an era like this of both division and disease to take a deep dive in what it is to be a citizen of Christ in these difficult times, look online at Grove City College. That's gcc.edu, Grove City College. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Winter weather advisory in effect till Tuesday morning. For tonight, periods of snow along with a cold wind. Slow and slippery travel will continue. Storm total snowfall 6 to 12 inches. We'll see a low tonight of 23. Tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, and cold with a few flurries and a high of 28. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, brisk, and cold. Low 22, mostly cloudy Wednesday with a high of 30. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Monday of Super Bowl week. We were talking a little earlier today around the house about what are we going to, what's our, what's our snacks going to be for the Super Bowl? I mean, 
I don't think we're you know talking too early because it's coming up here. Listen, Pittsburgh was ranked number one football city in the nation. That's no surprise. Wallet Hub said the Steelers may not be in the Super Bowl, but Pittsburgh is still number one. A study from Wallet Hub said that uh, Pittsburgh football fandom ranks number one uh, among large cities. Study uses 21 key metrics, including NFL fan engagement, number of championship wins, performance level of NFL team, stadium capacity, and more. Steelers were the first franchise to win six Super Bowls, of course, behind the Patriots. Uh, The top 10 cities behind the Steelers, Dallas, Boston, Green Bay, New York, Miami, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Indianapolis, and San Francisco. Uh, Pretty darn good. Uh, too bad we're not in the Super Bowl, but uh, we'll take number one, however we can grab it. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Thinking about uh, your Super Bowl snacks. We're going to talk in a few minutes here with John Elmore. Freedom starts today, overcoming struggles and addictions one day at a time. It's the Monday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy here. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5. W-O-R-D. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online 
preborn.org slash radio. Word FM and Trinity Jewelers celebrate wedding stories now through February 12th. We want to hear yours. Click the wedding stories banner at wordfm.com to share a funny, moving, or inspirational story of your own for a chance at great prizes. You could win dinner on us or one of our grand prizes, including a diamond necklace valued over $1,000, a $350 overnight stay at Buell Mansion, or a $250 photo storage and media conversion package. Sponsored in part by Joe Ford, your financial advisor with Edward Jones, and by Salem Media Group. Enter at wordfm.com slash contest. There's been many thousands of words used to describe what life feels like for an addict at the very bottom. But perhaps I think none capture the last days of active addiction quite like one particular phrase from recovery literature. It is this, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. You are demoralized, finally at the end of the road, when you hopefully raise the white flag of surrender into your addiction and enter into a new life of sobriety. Here to talk to us about that is John Elmore. His new work is called Freedom Starts Today, Overcoming Struggles and Addictions One Day at a Time. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Great to be with you today. Thanks so much. Yeah, my Joe, my pleasure. Listen, uh, whenever uh, we talk about addiction, it's always good to to hear from the addict himself. I mean, you start uh, talking about freedom starts today because you yourself have had your own personal story. Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I sort of binge drinking in junior high and graduated from college, Baylor University, a functional alcoholic. At the age of 30, I had a loaded 12-gauge shotgun to my head because life had unraveled. And my sin had caught up with me. I was an alcoholic. I had three doctors telling me that if I continued drinking the way that I was, I was going to die. And frankly, at that point in time, I was, I was glad. I didn't want to commit suicide and hurt my family, but I thought just not waking up one day would be great. That would be better. That would be an escape. And so after a family intervention, I walked into an AA meeting and heard surrender your life and will over to your higher power, whomever you deem him to be. And People are praying the doorknobs, the Coke machine, the group itself, but I knew from my childhood that Jesus saves. So I cried out to him, and this God that I had rejected for all of my life didn't put me in timeout, didn't put me in penance. He began this incredible work, didn't make me better, made me new. <laughs> That's quite a bargain, isn't it? You surrender, and you get a new life in Christ, and you're sober at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was a squanderer. I was a fool. And it wasn't just alcohol. I mean, it was sexual sin. I tell people I didn't struggle with porn. I loved porn. There was no struggle with it. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And I brought it into a relationship. I mean, it was just like uh, filled with pills and weed and women and money and status. I was um, probably in the category of like high functioning alcoholic. And that's like such a ridiculous thing to say uh, or or description because like well congratulations you can keep a job but you're still a total as you just said demoralized like lacking moral integrity you're a slave to everything you touch and so um yeah for jesus to make me new after all that squandering is absolutely ridiculous what theologians call the great exchange so john uh i got sober uh i'm a proud addict and alcoholic who is sober for some time now and i i love that very much but like you yourself you know you know in the rooms people will you know make the a doorknob their higher power and you know in right. those early days of sobriety whatever works a buddy of mine was a contractor his work boots were his higher power it got got him mm-hmm. sober and then later on he found new life in jesus 
But I, but I wonder about this. I mean, you know, like you and I and many thousands and millions of addicts uh, around this world, you know, you start your first sober life uh, for a lot of people in the basement of churches, but the church itself they don't have the recovery program. I mean, you know, uh, Celebrate Recovery, of course, has gained some traction in the last few decades or so. But what about that? Why is that an issue that the church, you know, just doesn't engage in sober talk? What can be done about that? It's terrible, right? Like the churches should be the emergency room of every single community. And even the fact that the, the recovery circles are happening in the basement of a church, not unlike not in some room where they can be seen and known and fully loved and accepted and welcomed, but rather in the basement as if it's some secret society. And not only that, it's run by an outside organization that's telling people this false doctrine of like animistic, pantheistic theology. Your boots can't save you. The the group can't save you. The doorknob can't save you. And so they're giving painkillers to a cancer patient. And you know, which is what sobriety without salvation is. You feel better in the moment, but you're still going to die eternally forever in hell. And so the church has to become, again, this place where sinners, and we're not just talking about alcoholism, but I mean, there is a porn epidemic in our land. Two out of three Christian men have looked at porn in the last month. That's from Covenant Eyes. That's a true statistic. Two out of three Christian men, not just men, Christian men. And it's one out of six Christian women, which people don't talk about that as much. It's become like taboo for women and acceptable for men, and both are wrong. And so the church has got to become the place where the broken can come. And that's where you see Jesus all the time. He was with the garrison demoniac, the woman at the well. He knocks Paul off his horse when he's murdering the very people that Jesus sent out into the world as the disciples. I mean, it's just like that's where Christ is. He's always with the broken and hurting. But I think what the church has sadly become is this, you know, it's Sunday best. And it's not just Sunday best in attire. It's Sunday best in, your, in what you share, in your voice, and how you fake that you didn't just fight the whole way to church with your wife and kids. And so I, I think the church, the Western church at least, that's the one I'm most familiar with, has got to repent of not shepherding its people and thinking that sin is just too messy, just too horrific, and we should instead just pass across business cards of licensed counselors or send them off to rehab. Well, counseling's $200 an hour. And rehab's $30,000 for 30 days. And that's just, you know, Jesus sets people free for free. And so we have to reclaim this role of pastoring. We're talking with John Elmore, his brand new book, Freedom Starts Today, Overcoming Struggles and Addiction One Day at a Time. All right, John. So for a lot of people, like here we are at the first, uh, first day of February. People say, well, you know, the new year comes or the new week or the new month. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop looking at porn. I'm going to stop, you know, getting high. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to, you know, start to eat right and get rid of my food addiction. And those days never come. How do you, I mean, you know, uh, your story, my story, a lot of addicts story, you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. But, you know, like you said, a lot of people are high functioning addicts or alcoholics. If that's you, if you're in that category, how do you finally lay it down? Yep. So it's so wise of you to say that and to point it out, especially on the heels of New Year's resolutions. So Strava is this company that did a research of 800 million online activities. These are people that signed up for like weight loss, diets, different things. And according to Forbes and Inc., so this is, these, are, these are not anybody who's just like manipulating statistics. Forbes and Inc., 
They say that January 18th is as long as a New Year's resolution works. And the number one reason they did a follow-up study, they said, well, why does everyone quit two and a half weeks in after really wanting to make a change? And the reason why that they got singularly was people don't have the willpower. And of course, like that's just true. Like willpower is not greater than sin's power, but God's power is. So you don't need more willpower. That, that won't avail to anything over sin, but God's power will. And so you've got to bring God into the fight daily. And so as you ask, like, well, what do you do? You want to do well. You're maybe high functioning, but you still can't kick this thing. You can, you can earn six figures and still have a marriage that's falling apart because you're addicted to porn or, you know, mortal obesity because of a food addiction and still high function. And so the answer is you've got to bring God into the fight. And I'm not talking about once and for all, like you walk the aisle and you cry some, but rather this is daily dependence upon the Lord. And what I tell people is it's good to confess after you sin. Like that's good and right. That's James 5:16. Confess your sins and pray for each other so you may be healed. But if you do that and that's all you do, then what you're doing is a reactive confession. And so I tell people, what if? you started making a proactive decision not to quit forever because clearly we're not able to do that we don't have the willpower but could you quit for 24 hours by god's strength not by your own strength and if the answer is yes then i want you to tell someone else in your life another believer what your struggle is that you've committed to 24 hours and then you follow up with them the very next day and that's going to strengthen your resolve when you get tempted to go to the refrigerator late at night or drink or to look at something you shouldn't have you're going to think, wait, I got to check in with my friend tomorrow. They're going to ask me how I did. Did I stay sober and free? And it's going to strengthen that resolve. You're going to have the body of Christ helping you along. And that's how, frankly, I'm now 15 years sober. It's not even 15 years sobriety. What I tell people is it's probably 5,400 and something days sober because it happened one day at a time. Jesus promised yeah. daily bread, not annual bread or lifetime bread. That's really good. I mean, I mean, I know guys in my early days who were like, uh, this minute, these next two minutes, I didn't get high these next two minutes, and I count that a victory. And I get that, right, because it's just so overwhelming. John, I, I love what you're saying here because, you know, one of the phrases is you're only as sick as your secrets. So by having um, a sponsor, a mentor, for lack of a better word, where you tell that person the complete and absolute truth of who you are and there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide, that's a cleansing process, and it's a necessary process to go through to, to know and to, meet, to be known within the rooms. Absolutely. And here's the thing. This is the sad and crazy thing. That's not AA's idea. That's God's idea. Like, that's what he says when he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And so God is so ordained that if you want to be forgiven, you confess to God. That's First John 1, 9. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just. He'll forgive you of all sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You want to be forgiven? Confess to God. But if you want to be healed, that's different. For healing, God says the way to do it is you go to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You bring it into the light because things in the light die, and there's just no other way. And it's, it's high time that AA and recovery circles and rehabs are not the only place where confession of sin is happening when it's God's idea for the church. That's really good. John, literally, I've got a minute left, but I, I love that you know you're you're having this conversation, and it's so direct and so honest. My hope is that there's somebody listening right now, going up and down the radio dial. They found you, heard this conversation, offer the encouragement for somebody to stop whatever the insanity they're involved in and to get clean and sober. Finally, I would tell them, don't focus on forever. 
focus on today. And then no matter what you think about Jesus, put it behind you and cry out to him without anything. Just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. Save me. And then tell another Christian, this is my struggle. This was my decision to follow Jesus. And he will save you. He promises. And the church has gone forward 2,000 years on that promise. He will not make you better. He will make you new. And you will no longer be a slave to sin. Fabulous. Congratulations, John, on 15-plus years or however 5,000-plus days. I appreciate your conversation here and your transparency and your wisdom, John. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. John Elmore, freedom starts today, overcoming struggles and addictions one day at a time. Take a break. We still got a little bit to go on this ride home. Stay with us. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Would you risk crossing a street busy with traffic against the light? Wearing a blindfold? Probably not. Other risks aren't as obvious, but could be just as deadly, like the risk for type 2 diabetes. Take the free diabetes risk test to learn if you're at risk. Go to diabetes.org slash take the test or call 1-800-DIABETES and stop diabetes before it stops you. A message from the American Diabetes Association. 
downstairs in the kitchen where I was going to make some coffee. And I turned and saw the calendar, and I was like, oh, I get to turn, turn the calendar page over. I always like that, you know. You, you know, somebody always does it before me. So you get to turn it over to a new month, and you think, oh, there we go. We have this, um, this uh, the new 2021 calendar is Van Gogh. So it's, you know, a new beautiful image. Anyway, we talked a lot today about uh, transitions and about um, the middle and about a new life in Christ, all these things of what it is to be alive at this time, right? I mean, there's no doubt that life is hard, but boy, life is also incredibly beautiful, isn't it? I mean, thank you, God. Thanks for this opportunity just to share in your creation and to have all these wonderful things that are upon us. And put that in our minds, put that in all of us that, you know, we are new and right creations. And if we would just surrender to our own insanity, God doesn't promise perfection, boy, but he promises us, you know, this new life as we follow along. And so grateful for that. Always grateful for his mercies in our daily lives. Thanks for being with us. Always a good pleasure to have you with us here to be part of this broadcast community. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.